0: Welcome to Episode 97 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am really pleased to be spending this time with you today. Whether this is your first or your 97th episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. We're about to plunge headfirst into the holiday season with its wide range of celebrations and gatherings that happen almost continuously between now and the new year. At least that's what it feels like. I always find it ironic that the time of year when I feel most like hibernating is the time when I'm called to be my most social So after this episode's interview, I'm going to share a few tips on how to be social while still honoring your introvert nature and preserving your sanity. I also have good news for you about my book. It's now available in audio format, narrated by yours truly. Just search for my name, Beth Below, and Below is spelled B U E L O W, or search for the book title, The Introvert Entrepreneur. You can find it on audible.com, amazon.com, or iTunes. Happy listening. There's no getting around the fact that being featured or quoted in the media is a powerful way to build credibility and visibility for your business, your cause, or your message. While there are a lot of people out there trying to be seen and heard, there's also a lot of content that reporters and writers have to generate. So the trick is to stand out from the pack and find ways to share your story that feel authentic to you. I'm excited to share this episode with you, because my guest is going to share some ways that we can do just that. Katrina Pollard is the founder and director of CP Communications, a well-respected and innovative PR and social media agency, which merges traditional PR methodologies with cutting edge social media strategies. She is the author of the popular book, From Unknown to Expert, a step-by-step process for growing your profile and expanding your influence by becoming a recognized expert in your field using PR and social media. Hi Katrina, welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast, I am really glad to be talking with you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking me, I'm really looking forward to it as well.
0: Well, what is making you smile today?
1: Well, today is um, a rare day off for me, actually. And um, I have a hobby where I do uh, sculptural contemporary basketry, and we're we're setting up our group exhibition today. Wow. So I get to step away from my computer and and do some play. (laughs)
0: Wow. I have never – can you repeat what the hobby is? Because I have never heard of that.
1: Yeah. It's it's basketry, so weaving. Mm -hmm. And the type of weaving that I do or basketry that I do is – Using traditional techniques, um, you know, so the, the if you think of a basket or if you think of um, how traditional people have used basketry or Indigenous people use basketry,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I put a contemporary and a sculptural slant on it. So a lot of my pieces are, you know, are really big wall pieces or um, big uh, pieces that... Uh, uh, you, you put on plinths and so on. So I've got a, I've got an exhibition coming up, and this one today is actually I'm part of a group, and we've got a group exhibition. So yeah, well, congratulations! It's really fun to do. Yeah, <laughs> thank I, you.
0: I love hearing entrepreneurs who um, you think they're all business, and they have this you know wonderfully creative side that they get yeah. to fully express.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing for me is that I realized that I wasn't spending enough time doing that creativity and. It's a really important part of that innovation sort of process, mm-hmm. um, and it makes me happy doing that kind of stuff as well. So I've made a really conscious decision to make sure that I spend time doing this. Taking you know the odd day off and, and stepping away and doing this is really important.
0: That's a good message for all of us. Thank you for that. Well, where do you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum, and how has that influenced you as an entrepreneur?
1: I have one of my staff actually describes me as an extroverted introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so I'm kind of I'm really in that mid level space of um, introvert, the midline, Mm -hmm. Um, because I can add my extrovert qualities when I need to, Mm -hmm. but I know that I am truly an introvert in the sense that I get my energy. From sitting alone, spending alone time contemplating, thinking, where I fall in the extroverted spaces that I'm expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I come up with my ideas and so on, I like to. A lot of my ideas come from speaking, mm-hmm. so I like to be around people um, when I'm doing innovation and when I'm coming up with new ideas because I ba- I really need to bounce those ideas or talk through those ideas with people, which is a classic extrovert trait. Yeah. But um, in my line of work, I have had to acknowledge that there's things about being an introvert which don't lend themselves to being a successful public entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to go through that process of stepping into the spotlight and the the personal development that I needed to do to be able to do that. And that's sort of where my, my book comes in and where I can really help those people who know that they want to sort of step up a little bit And the biggest thing for me is where I had to, well, I didn't have to, but I made the decision that I was holding myself back. Mm -hmm. And I was saying no to opportunities because I um, didn't want to be in the spotlight and I don't want to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's kind of all of those sort of – it's those qualities that are all mixed together, but and some come to the front and um to the fore at, at times, and some don't. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You're you're reminding me of something—a tension that I often sense both within myself, my clients, and and introverted colleagues, which is look at me, look at me and don't look at me, don't look at me. You know, there's there's, there's yeah. that pull in both directions. And I think that if we've got a strong mission, you know, a sense mm. of purpose that we cultivate the skills to kind of move through that don't look at me, don't look at me
1: yeah. side
0: of ourselves.
1: That's exactly right. And that's what I say to people too. And it's what helped me is figuring out your why. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, what is your motivation? Because um, if you've got a purpose and if you have a mission um, and you're a goal oriented person, then you can figure out what skills you need to develop to be mm-hmm. able to achieve that. So if you're not an extroverted person and you don't want to be the center of attention all the time, then you have to figure out what your goal or your mission or your purpose is, it's, it's, a, it's a given. You have to do it.
0: Yeah. And we're going to be touching on that in a few minutes, I think. So I'm, I'm looking forward to digging in a little bit more on that why piece. Um, mm. Before we get there, I want to chat for a moment because your, your book is called From Unknown to Expert, How yeah. to Use Clever PR and Social Media to Become a Recognized Expert. And I'm going to ask you more details about that. But before we get to what you outline in there, tell us a little bit about PR you know, when I first studied public relations in college, it was put to me very simply that marketing is promotion you pay for PR is promotion you get for free. And I would actually say even if you don't pay for it, you do pay for it. Blood, sweat and tears. But you know, so there's so much more to it, especially with this, you know, since I was in college, of course, social media has come about. So how do you define public relations? And what purpose does it serve for an entrepreneur? So public relations
1: is essentially um, communicating your messages through whatever channels you need to to the people that matter to you. Traditionally, like, you know, when I started in PR, oh, you know, so many years ago, I I remember, I vividly remember, you know, being the account exec, like the junior, mm-hmm. and standing in the hallway and standing at the fax machine, you know, those things mm-hmm. that don't exist Yes. Oh, yeah, more. that's right.
0: What's a fax? <laughs> yeah, well, it's crazy. And having
1: a media release and having to just stand there and physically send one, fax one media release out at a time to every single media outlet. And it is so vastly different now. And that's the thing for entrepreneurs to understand is that they, now um, the media landscape has changed so significantly PR has become even more important for them to understand and to do. And I know this, that um, I know it for myself and I know it for, you know, the thousands of people that I've worked with, that PR can be the difference between um, getting that next client or not getting that next client or building that reputation that's really important. To you and to your organisation, or it it just not happening and people not knowing what you do and what you stand for.
0: Yeah.
1: So, with public relations, you really need to understand that you're in control of your messages. You have stories to tell, whether they're personal stories or professional stories, that when you start telling them, um, people start listening to them and they start developing a relationship with you. And that's what you want because people do business with brands and and people that they trust, and you're building that
0: trust. And I appreciate that you're, as you're saying that the PR function builds relationships, like I don't, I think of marketing as a little bit more transactional, whereas public relations, I mean, if you look at the word relations, it's really connected to relationships.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely it is. And Traditionally, what you did is that you you pitched a story idea to a journalist or you sent, you know, a long time ago, you just sent out media releases and you were suggesting a story idea to a journalist who was going to be the person who wrote about your story. Mm -hmm. So you were getting a trusted third party to tell a story about you or your business, uh, products and services about your business. And so then people would trust that more because they were reading about it. As opposed to seeing an ad or right. a direct mail piece, and you're not developing that trust in that. It's really that's you know purely promotion and it's um, purely about visibility. Whereas PR, it's it's deeper than that. What you're doing mm-hmm. is getting people to form an opinion about you or to form an idea that they feel connected to you in some way, and so therefore want to do business with you or want to come and hear you speak or want to research you more. So they, they're they absolutely developing a relationship with you.
0: Well, in your book, From Unknown to Expert, which I, I highly recommend, it's so practical. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you don't just say, you know, send an email to a journalist. You say, here are some words that you can use yes. <laughs> to send this yes. email, which is such was, a gift.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was very important for me to do that. And I um, am of the belief that, you know, the more that you give, the more that you get back or Mm -hmm. even if you don't get it back, it's about contributing to the world, you know, and this is my book is, is my way of actually helping entrepreneurs do that to actually go, okay, oh, I know how to do it now um, because I know what it's like building a business. It's really hard work. And so any help that you can get, Mm -hmm. um, is going to, it means that you're going to have a better business and and that's my gift. That's my mission.
0: Yeah. Well, you fulfill it beautifully in your book and, um, and as part of that, you outline what you call a five star system that that we can follow. And and I love that, you know, step by step by step. So (laughs) would you give Mm -hmm. us an overview of that process?
1: Yeah, so the five-star system is a system that I developed um, on my journey to becoming, um, you know, from unknown, sitting in my sunroom in my rented apartment wishing that I had, you know, a successful business to now I'm, I'm known and um, it's the steps that I, that I do for my clients. So it's a proven system that I believe in that I know that works. Um, and so the first um, star is figuring out the why and so, for me, and I think this is really important for introverts as well, but I also think it's important for extroverts because it's not just the doing, it's the the contemplation, it's mm-hmm. the thinking beforehand, which, you know, I, I think is really important because um, we all have a place to make the world, you know, a little bit better. So, if we're just putting out messages out there that don't make any sense or don't do in, contribute in any way, then I, I'm not really sure whether it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. So the figuring out the why is really understanding why you actually want to do this because moving from unknown to expert is difficult it's challenging it forces you to set out step outside your comfort zone especially as an introvert Mm -hmm. it forces you to look at your your messaging and maybe be the center of attention maybe set and get up on stage maybe do that journalist interview and not not be really sure what the outcome is so I think particularly for introverts it's it's finding that that motivation so that you as you said before you can be that center of attention and know that you're doing it for a reason Mm -hmm. and so I think that um if you're doing it just to get sales and just to promote your business, I think that people will recognize that, yeah, and they will see that it's not from a deeper, more profound place yeah. and i and that's that style one is really you know why are you doing it?
0: yeah, that's so key,
1: um and I think also too, it's like when I say to people. Once you've written that down, stick it on a post-it note or put it on your screensaver. Or, and so when you're about to do something that's really scary
0: mm-hmm. or
1: challenging, go back and have a look at that and say, okay, this is why I'm doing it yeah and get up on that stage and it seems like
0: it makes it easier to get up on that stage because it moves the spotlight from being on you to being on (laughs) your why
1: yes that's what I figured out when I started speaking Mm -hmm. that was the biggest challenge for me that like one of my most biggest personal challenges that I've ever had to overcome because I had a really profound fear of speaking in public and um When I, the first time I did it, and I recount this story in my book, the first time I got up on stage, like I walked across the room and I looked out onto the audience and I had this um, really significant moment where I had this realization that it actually wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't actually about me being the center of attention or that everyone's staring at me. It was actually about how my words and my experience and my knowledge could move across the room into the hearts and minds of the people who were listening to me that could change their businesses or change their lives or turn on a light bulb in their, in their frame of reference. So it's not about being a center of attention. It's about how the gift of your words and your knowledge can actually impact the people around you. Yeah. So STAR2 is really setting the stage and this is really about the foundations and it's critical that people do this work. So it's figuring out what your personal brand is, who are you, why do people want to know you or should know you. So, it's who you are, what you're good at, and why people should know you in your personal brand. And I have a free personal branding action sheet that people can download, which I can say where to get that a little bit later. And the next is your elevator statement. And so that's the traditional, you know, standing around a barbecue and someone saying what do you do Mm -hmm. or you know originally elevator statement is you get in you know that level zero and you go up by level five if somebody's asked you what you do you they can clearly understand what you do i actually now call it a personal brand statement that's nice because that makes a little bit more sense yes but it's really important that you do that work because if when you're going to start networking people ask you what you do They have to hear it, they have to remember it and you want them to repeat it. So you have to do that work because if you are jumbled, you don't make sense, then they're not going to remember it and they're not going to repeat it. And especially as entrepreneurs and solo entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. um, those people are your sales people. You want people to refer you and to be talking about you. The next is the key messages for your business um, and writing your bio which so many people find really difficult. And so I've got examples of a short, medium, and long bios because we need 140-character bios now yes, for Twitter yes. and, and so on. And it's really important that you get your bio right because you're going to get asked, can you send me your bio? And it has to be spot on. And the next is thinking about your target audiences. So who are the people that matter to you? Who are the people that you want to do business with you? Or who are the people that are more likely to do business with you? Who are your influencers? Who are the people who can be your um, indirect salespeople? And so it's figuring out who the people are that matter to you. And in star three, it's now where you really start turning on the spotlight. And so this is where I suggest everyone has their own personal website. Mm -hmm. So I have katrinapollard.com. And I share stories about my life. I share stories about creativity and entrepreneurship. So I think even if you're not ready to do your own personal website, at least by your URL. Yes. The next is to create your own blog. Blogging is where you are, but you are the journalist. So you're telling the stories that matter to your business and you're not... Asking any gatekeepers, such as journalists, to, to publish them. And my blog, my original blog, which is publicrelationsydney.com.au, got me hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business because I started it a long time ago and it has absolutely been fundamental in me building my personal brand and my reputation. Mm-hmm. The next is doing some guest blogging. Find some other blogs that you can blog on so that you can get in front of all of their audiences. And in this stage too, it's really starting to network. Get out there. Walk into a room full of strangers. (laughs) No. Which is, you know, oh my God. I vividly remember the first time I had to do that. It was at my, up at my local uh, chamber of commerce and I made the, you know, I had to catch up with friends and my sister and I said, look, I really, the business, I I don't know why I to really get it going what do I do and and it's like okay I think I need to start networking it's like oh my god yes Um, but I've written a whole um, free guide to networking which people can download from my website because even though that was a really hard thing for me to do I believe that my introverted qualities has helped me be an amazing networker and I get most of my work through referrals and through my networks because I'm not the center of attention I don't walk into a room full of people and just talk about myself the whole time you know introverts are so good at getting other people to speak and people love speaking about themselves so um that's where I think networking and introverts go even though you d- it doesn't seem like it but they they are the perfect fit yes and the final in star three is stepping on stage and it's not for everybody and I'm not suggesting it ever it is right for everybody but I do know that it made a massive difference um to my business and for my personal development as mm-hmm. well actually um yeah. to actually overcome that fear and step up
0: on on stage what helped you the most to overcome the fear
1: I actually made a really conscious decision. So I, um, I actually went and got coaching. So I got a coach who's a really good friend of mine um, as well. So she, she knew exactly how terrifying it was for me and that it was a massive thing for me to do. And she's an actress. Um, so, you know, not even remotely introverted. She's the mix. So extroverted. She's, uh, amazing, and she would make me. <laughs> and I still talk about this, this. is like four years ago. Um, she would make me like sort of jump around the room and act like a monkey, and <laughs> um, and then be like an elephant and be like really get me physically out of my comfort zone in my body and and mm-hmm. it was really so she did the techniques that really helped me yeah. and i also went and got some hypnotherapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because i felt that it was a phobia sure um because it wasn't it wasn't real in the sense of it was almost like being scared of spiders or snakes sure um even though spiders and Spiders and snakes can not kill you. <laughs> yes, I
0: was going to say that is kind of legitimate, depending.
1: <laughs> but I mean, like in Australia, if you're scared of spiders and snakes, you you know you're not going to leave. You should that. move. Well, we even have spiders in the house. We have huntsmen, which are massive spiders. But you know, they're more than likely not going to kill you. And public speaking isn't either. So mm. I think that whatever you need to do, do it and work through it. And I worked through it. So. She That first presentation that I did, I was in tears. I seriously didn't think that I could do it. Mm. And, you know, we went and did a practice run and I was absolutely in tears going, I actually don't think that I can do this. And what it was, was a self-limiting belief. It, It actually was not true. I could do it. I had all of the knowledge, I had all of the skills. I'm a really friendly, open person. I'd done the practice. There was actually, it wasn't the truth. It was Mm -hmm. just a self-limiting belief. And I think that we have to acknowledge those self-limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. Yes. Whether it's to do with our knowledge or whether it's to do with our intelligence or whether it's to do with our bodies or whatever it is. And when the time is right spend time working through those. And so that's, that's what it was for me. I did what I needed to do to achieve that goal for myself.
0: I love that you, you're reminding us that when we have a fear of something like that, sometimes it it is those self-limiting beliefs. It's a story that we're telling ourselves. And, and so that kind of thing, you know, perhaps can be, it's about a a shift in the story and then cultivating Mm. some skills. But you're also reminding us that sometimes it's a very real. Visceral, physical mm. <laughs> kind it of is. thing. And that it, it might need something a little bit beyond the the normal pep talk or coach or shift in story, but it's something that you really need to dig into because you can do all the surface stuff and, and think, mm. Oh, I should be able to do this. What's the deal. It's not going to kill me. But sometimes there, you know, it's, it's worth noticing um, if you're, if you're continuing to stay stuck that there might be something deeper going on and that it's worth looking at that.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And if it's something that you want to work on, you know, there's some Mm -hmm. things that people are just not ready to work on. But I know for me at that point in time, I was so sick of myself. I'm like goal orientated and, you know, a typical A type personality Mm -hmm. And, and I was just so sick of myself saying no. And I just – it was frustrating me Um, because lots of people were asking me because I've had a – you know, I've done lots of work in the media and people know me and stuff. But it was just – yeah, so I knew that at that point in time it was the right time for me to start working through it Mm -hmm. um, as well. But do you know what? The other thing too is – so at the end of – So in 2000, end of 2014, I was asked to do a TEDx presentation. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's, it's such a massive thing to be asked to do. And so I'm very, it's, I'm, it's very important for me to say yes to opportunities that I, that are right for me um, rather than just saying no because of the fear. And so I said yes. And all of that self-limiting stuff came back to me. (laughs) Um, you know, even though I, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of presentations in the last four years. Yeah. Um, all of that came flooding back and I had the exact experience I had and I sought out my, uh, you know, I, I do energetic healing and I, um, and I sought out my coach and I sought out all these people to actually help me go through all of that again. Mm -hmm. Um, because and so I think that's the thing to remember too is that they're all stages and that we're all um it's in and we all need to acknowledge that you might have got up on the stage that that time but you you you're going to go through the next levels of it as
0: well Mm -hmm. yeah if you're always growing if you're always pushing yourself then you are going to inevitably sort of recycle back to a beginner state (laughs) and have to kind of confront that again and at least when you do that you have evidence that you can succeed so yeah my hope is that it gets easier each time even if it's still more painful than you expect
1: (laughs) it absolutely gets easier and you know what when I my TEDx presentation and you should go and have a listen to it because it's a very I I actually talk about this whole thing the whole presentation was about um, me getting up on stage and being an introvert Mm -hmm. Um, and what it was like growing up as an introvert with a very extroverted um, big sister and how I lived my life in the shadows essentially and that at one point in time which was that that time when I decided to start getting up on stage and to do, be doing all of this work is when I decided to step out of the shadows. Yep. Um, and so it was a really amazing experience for me to publicly, you know, in front of 500,000 streamed people and um, to actually to share that experience. And I had so many people come up to me afterwards and say, thank you so much because mm. you've just validated me and my experiences yeah so um and then i got off and went can i do it all again i loved it so much <laughs> i want to do it all again <laughs> do you know so um so it's uh, yeah even it does get easier and you do start enjoying it
0: yeah so tell us about stars four and five so
1: star four and five so star four is really how and this is where where the pr stuff really starts kicking in so it's how to get the media interested how to deal with the media, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I teach three tactics, media releases, the perfect pitch, and contributed articles. And then it's a really uh, finding features list, how to build your media lists, how to follow up with the media, Mm -hmm. how to do a media interview. And I think the most critical thing that I want people to understand is that journalists want to speak to you. If you have a story, you have an interesting product, or you're doing interesting work, um, they absolutely want to speak to you because they have to write stories every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just need to understand that you need to package it in a way that they're not there to promote you. They're there to write an interesting story, so you just have to package the story in a way that they will immediately pick up. So it's um, there's amazing opportunity for you to be able to use the media to build your profile and they want to um, tell a story that may ultimately lead in building your profile.
0: Yeah. That's a great reminder because we forget that the media is, it's like a, it's a monster that needs to be constantly fed.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And even more so now, Mm -hmm. actually Beth, because um, there's, the media landscapes changed so much. That uh, there's fewer and fewer journalists. So that contributed articles is where you write your own stories mm-hmm. and you send them to online and in print publications. Um, and then you the success rate is pretty much a hundred percent if you if you write the story in the right way. Um, so you can essentially be the journalist now in the sense that you're you're telling a story or you're sharing a how-to. Yeah. Um, in, in those publications, so so much more opportunity to get media now than what they what they used to be, and the final star is owning the light. And so this is where you're you're owning your own um, stories. You're, you're broadcast. You're being your own broadcaster, mm-hmm. and that is using social media. We as entrepreneurs and introverts, social media are, is brilliant for us because oh, yeah. it means that we can tweet and Facebook and LinkedIn in the comfort of our own homes exactly <laughs> behind a computer and blogging and so on. It's just so powerful and it's where you are the broadcaster. You are the owner of your, um, the platforms and you can absolutely control what people um, know about you and your business. Um, and people want to hear and and know about what you what you're doing and the stories that you're doing. So I, um, that's where. And not every social media platform is right for everybody. So mm-hmm. it's just really, I go I, I, in stuff I'll, for, it's either, here are a bunch of social media, pick the ones that are right for you. I'm on all of them because <laughs> that's what my business is. I noticed. Is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, it's really figuring out where your audience is as well and what's the right platform for you.
0: Yeah. I'm often surprised when I see someone who is a social media expert, but yet they're Pretty inactive on their own platform. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm scratching like, my head. Um, hmm.
1: And that's the first thing I look at, actually. Yes. When I go, if um, uh, if anybody wants to do business with me, or I'll go, or, you know, wants to work with me, I will go and have a look at their their social media. The first thing that I do.
0: Yeah, and it seems like a, a, you note know, in your book when you're talking about blogging that um, to be careful, you're not one of those people that gets out of the gate and does a few posts, but then. You look back and it's like, oh, the last post I wrote was January of 2012. Well, okay. (laughs) It's almost better not to have one at all. Oh,
1: (laughs) delete it. Delete the entire blog. Yes, exactly. But another trick to that um, actually is to not have dates on your blog posts. Yeah. um, Because um, if you're going to be infrequent, Mm -hmm. get your – developer or whatever or you can I think there's probably a box that you can tick or untick. <laughs> right. Um because that's just a little trick to do. But but seriously, if you're going to do blogging mm-hmm. it's the most powerful thing. But you have to you have to actually do it and contribute r- rather than yeah not do it. It's like that, you know, newsletters. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a monthly newsletter and then it's like a year later you do another <laughs> one. It's just like well yeah don't Oops. think that that's going to work for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
0: we've probably all been there at some point. And, uh, and, yeah, and part absolutely. of what I found out is that, you, you know, part of what I figured out is that, especially in the beginning, there is something to finding your rhythm and and yeah. figuring out, you know, what's going to work for you, what's going to work for your audience. Because we can be yeah. told so many things like you have to blog every day or you have to yeah. send a newsletter every week. And so we might start out that way and then not be able to sustain it. So I think that yes. there's a little bit of, um, I think, trial and error that can happen um, while you figure that out. But once you figure it out, stick with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key thing, too, is the sustaining it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs, we're so busy. You know, it's so, we have to do everything, everything from the, you know, from the cleaner to the CEO. Yes. Um, but I do have lots of people that say to me, you know, I just simply don't have time to do social media. I simply don't have time to do PR. And I, for me, it's kind of like, well, do you want your business? (laughs) Right. Because if you want your business, then you have to at least do something because that's just the business landscape that we're in now. People want to, they will more likely do business with somebody that's on social media or that they see them in the media. It's just as simple as that.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katrina, because I feel like we've, um, We've gotten such a wonderful landscape view of of everything that uh, we need to be considering when we're talking about PR and communications and social media, when it comes to our business. And um, and one of the things I'm taking away is a sense of renewed. Enthusiasm for putting, you know, putting a little bit more yeah. effort into those pieces because it is one of those things that can become a recycled to-do list item. Oh my gosh, <laughs> absolutely! It's
1: and always forever on the to-do list. Exactly,
0: and never, never comes off, and oh. it just keeps going on and on and on. And so, yeah. I appreciate you—you reminding us that it's—it really is an essential activity. It should be mm. a priority. And, um, and it can make, as you've said, you know, you can reach so many people and you can get so much in terms of, return on the investment of time. I mean, you know, you put it in dollars, but there's there's dollars, there's people, there's, you know, business. Yeah.
1: And, I, and the thing for me, too, is I've met the most extraordinary people mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, who have, um, you know, even if it's just a simple conversation like this, mm-hmm. or that I then go and, you know, have coffee with, her, or that they, you know, become friends or business associates through doing social media and through doing PR and through doing speaking. Yeah. They're, um, you know, from moving from unknown to expert but the people that I've met along the way have been extraordinary. And that for me, that's a return on investment Yeah, um, because they have been inspirational and hopefully I've been inspirational with them, to them as well. So it's not just about money coming in the door. It's also about the experiences and, and what you learn along the way.
0: Yeah, that brings us back beautifully to how we started with reminding ourselves it's about relationships. Yes. Thank you for that. Well, I have uh, just a couple of questions to wrap us up. And uh, one of them is about Introvert Island, which I hope sounds like an appealing place to you as an introvert (laughs) and probably a very busy introvert. But you have been uh, granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island and you can only take – yay! (laughs) But here's the heartbreaking part. You can only take three books. What would you take with you and why? Um,
1: I One of the books that I would probably take is one of my basketry, like a, um, a basketry book.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would definitely do some basketry on that island because I know that there's plant fibers on there that I would want to weave. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Exotic ones, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, and another one is one of I um, a really a book that I'd really like to revisit actually that I read probably like fifteen years ago, which is called Cave in the Snow, and it's about a woman from the UK who was the first Western woman to become a Buddhist nun, mm-hmm. and she went and um, as a part of her practice, and she's been you know she's in her probably seventies now, she went and lived in a cave for 10 years on her own um and i went and heard her speak and she is a true introvert um, yeah you would she, have to be <laughs> yeah absolutely and she was it, her purpose is because buddhist women don't Well, nuns, they don't have access to training. They don't get to sit up the front to listen. They have to serve the food and so on. And so she's setting up a whole bunch of um, places where Buddhist nuns can actually have access to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually had to come out of her cave and be around people. Um, and that was her mission that she got up and she got up on stage and she and, and involved herself with people and she actually got up on stage and said you know what I really wish that I didn't have to be doing
0: this <laughs> I, <laughs> I love the honesty
1: the introvert sitting in the cave but I have a mission and, and I have a goal and this is what I'm doing and um it was it was a really important um influential book for me because Can you repeat it, the title it, it's called the cave in the snow
0: the cave in the snow okay
1: and it's pro- it's an older book now, but it's it's it was a in a yeah, in really, in all about loving and kindness and, and and pushing through, and um, but in a in a loving kindness kind of way, you know. And I think maybe I'd take my book as well from my <laughs> expert, because I'm sure that there's like I want to do version two of it at some there point. There
0: you go. So I might
1: use that. Although I probably shouldn't use my vacation to do work, hey. Well, you know, it's
0: it's your call. You know, it's your vacation, so <laughs> I love it. Yeah, be able to build on. You know, I mean, I think that's one way we become unknown from to expert is always be working on our content and oh, yeah. taking it to that next space. So
1: yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, how can people learn more about you and um, and your services and and the book? You know, get a copy of that.
1: Yeah. So, the book, so my website um, for the book is unknowntoexpert.com. And so, I also have... So, the book is one part of it, but the other part is called an Acceleration Pack, mm-hmm. which you can get, which is a $97 um, pack that has... I'm just about to re-release it, which it has... Um, about 5,000 US media outlets in it as well. Mm-hmm. So I have um, Australian and um, soon too. And if you, if you get it, you automatically get the US lists. Um, and then a whole bunch of media releases, um, a whole bunch of media pitches, um, exact case studies step by step of how, what, what media angle I did, how I pitched it. It's this extraordinary resource um, so people can have it, get that as well. And then I have a weekly, um, I call it my weekly expert inspiration and I just tell a story once a week about and share it or I share a how-to about um, something that's happened in my life or something that is people um, can learn about how to pitch to the media and so on. So people can download and um, put in their email and get that as well. So unknown and my consultancy is cpcommunications.com dot au, and i'm all over there all over social media so just put in my name on any social media platform and you'll (laughs) find me
0: (laughs) fantastic excellent well thank you so much katrina it's been a pleasure chatting with you and i appreciate your generosity of both your time and your energy and your wisdom
1: thank you i really I, i really have loved this opportunity so thank you
0: It's wonderful to hear Katrina's story and how she chose to work through her challenges to become a successful business owner. I hope you are feeling encouraged and ready to go out there and find ways to promote your message that are aligned with who you are and your strengths. And speaking of alignment, as I mentioned in the beginning, we're entering that time of year when it is super easy to get out of alignment with ourselves and our introverted needs. Here are a few quick tips to help you navigate the social season as an introvert. First, it's okay to take breaks as you need to. You don't have to be present for every activity or conversation. Slip away, take a five minute breather, and then rejoin the action when you're ready and take another break when you need to. I think this is something that we all know. We know it intellectually, but we don't always feel like we can actually do it, and I'm inviting you to actually do it. You can also assume a role at the gathering. Set the table, distribute the gifts, mash potatoes, be the event photographer. Having a sense of purpose often makes it more fun to circulate and be part of the group. Shop online instead of in the stores. That way you can save your social energy for more intimate time with family and friends. Do you need a nice compromise if group shopping is expected? Then I suggest you shop local online and then pick up your purchases later as a group. And contrary to popular opinion, you don't have to say yes to every invitation that comes your way. Pace yourself. Politely decline as needed and really enjoy yourself for the events that you choose to say yes to. And then take time to breathe and smile. It's such a simple thing that can make a huge difference. We have to remind ourselves. The calm after the chaos is that much sweeter if you can keep in mind that it's waiting for you at the end. And with that, I do wish you a really happy holiday season. You'll be hearing from me again over the next few weeks. But as things get started, I hope that they get started with good intentions and that you are taking time to think about how you want to be showing up and who you want to be and what you want to do with regard to managing your energy. A very special thank you to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and to you for sharing this time with me. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.